heights to the depths of the sea. An eyewitness. You're going to be witnesses to me, notice, in Jerusalem, to me. Not of me. Do you notice that? To me. I'm going to look and see what I've purchased and see what it's doing. My spirit alive in you. I'm going to, I'm going to see the reward. I'm going to see the, 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 the benefit of what I've done in your life. You're going to be a witness to me. And trust me, if you can be a witness to God, you're going to be a witness to other people. They're going to see it. All exclaiming, Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and received the Holy Spirit, It was also a picture of how we as believers would receive the Holy Spirit when we place our trust in and surrender to Jesus Christ as our Savior. With this, we become witnesses to testify of Jesus Christ and His work on the cross and of His resurrection. This truth was also the solemn testimony of John the Baptist, that Jesus is the Son of God the one who perfectly declares the nature and personality of God the Father. Now here's Pastor Rob. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so that is the difference between, that is water baptism. That's what we do today. When we baptize, we baptize, when we go under, we're basically acknowledging our death in him. The death to the old self, the old nature. And when we come up out of the water, it's a signification that we identify with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As he rose in newness of life, so we too also. That's what that's all about. And certainly repentance is involved, but it's it's different. John's baptism and the baptism after Jesus was different. Now, let's... So that's water baptism, but now there is something else. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is something completely different. See, you and I, when we were born again, the Spirit of God came inside of us. He indwelt us. And that's good. That's our, that's the seal of redemption. That's the earnest of our salvation until Jesus comes back to take bodily what He has already purchased on the cross. That's what happens in the rapture. When the church is raptured, we get a new body and we're taken bodily out of here to be with him forever. Hallelujah. (laughs) Looking forward to that day. Would to God that it was right now. But unfortunately, I don't have that little button on my phone. That app, Rapture. That'd be a great, I bet it would, well, who knows what would happen in the Apple store. Would it sell out? I don't know. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is 
empowered from above, the Spirit of God coming upon you. He's already in us, but we need this other relationship with him. We need to be empowered to do what he's called us to do, to live the life that he's given to us, to empower us to not only be bold in this generation that we live in, but to share the gospel, to be bold to share it. You know the feeling when you share the gospel with anyone outside these four walls, the, 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 it, the pressure is on. And the tension that you feel, that's when we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God upon us to where we're no longer thinking about ourselves. That's a really good thought. Some people think, well, I need to think more of myself so my esteem will be better. No, listen, the problem with most of us is that we think too much of ourselves. We need to think less of ourselves and more thinking about him. That's our problem. That's my problem. Is it your problem? Raise your hand if it is. <laughs> gotcha. But let's go to Joel chapter 2. Actually, you know what? For the sake of time, I'd encourage you to just write these things down because I'm going to read them to you for the sake of time. But Joel uh, chapter 2, verse 28 through 29, it was written about 835 B.C. 835. So some 800 at least 800 years before Jesus was born, it was prophesied. What did it say? And it shall come to pass afterward that I shall pour out my, out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and on my maiden servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It was looking forward to a day yet in the future when Joel wrote this. And we're going to see that that day has already come. And we're going to see that shortly. But I want to show you the chronological process of how this works. And hopefully it will be clear to you. So Joel tells us, God says, there's coming a day where I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now fast forward about 800 years at least when Jesus is speaking to his disciples in the upper room during the Last Supper in John 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And notice, I will pray the Father, and notice, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He defines who this helper is, the spirit of truth. He says other words that at other places that it's the comforter, the Holy Ghost. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for guess what? He dwells with you the Greek word is para. He, he dwells with you, and notice, and will be in you. He's speaking to his disciples the night before he was taken. He says, the Spirit of God is walking with you, but he's going to be in you soon, guys. He's going to be within you. Within another less than 48 hours, he's going to be in you. Actually, it'll be a little bit longer than that. Three days. He's going to be in you. So Jesus tells them the Holy Spirit dwells with them and would soon be in them. So the disciples will be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They'd be born again. Because if you're not indwelt by the Spirit of God, you're not a Christian. Do you understand that? It doesn't matter if you do good things. What makes you a Christian is the Spirit of God indwelling you. Peter says that, I believe. Unless you have the Spirit of God, you're none of his. If he's not indwelt you, you're none of his. So the event that the disciples would be born again would be the night of the resurrection. In John chapter 20, it says, Then 
The same day at evening, this is John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, appeared suddenly in the midst of them, stood them, and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so the Lord said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. We believe that it's at this time the disciples were born again. Were they going to heaven if they died before this moment? Yes, because they were believing by faith, but now they had the Spirit of God indwelling them. Where Jesus said the night, a few nights before that, he said he's, going to be, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. This is when it happened, right here. The Spirit of God indwelt them permanently, which, what, which is what you and I enjoy. That the Old Testament saints, they, they didn't have that wonderful privilege because Jesus hadn't been glorified. The Spirit of God came upon them, but it didn't indwell them permanently like you and I have. Now go with me, or just go to, um, uh, to Acts chapter 1. After his resurrection, what does it say in verse 4 of Acts chapter 1? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, notice, after his resurrection, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? We read it in Joel, that he would send his Spirit upon, baptizing with the Spirit of God, filling with the Holy Spirit. However you want to phrase it, that's what it means. To be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized with the Spirit means the same thing. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember, after Jesus rose from the dead, it would be 40 days that he would be on the earth, showing himself to many. And then he ascended into heaven, and 10 days later, on the 50th day after Passover, They celebrated Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. And Jesus was speaking of that very moment on the day of Pentecost. But you shall be baptized. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for it. Go to Jerusalem. Wait for it. For you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But notice verse 8, But you shall receive what? Dunamis. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He's already in you guys, but you need to be empowered to do the work that I have for you. And notice, and you shall be witnesses. The word is martis, a martyr. And a witness is somebody who testifies that something is true, do they not? An eyewitness, the strongest witness in the court of law. An eyewitness. You're going to be witnesses to me, notice, in Jerusalem, to me. (laughs) Not of me, do you notice that? To me. I'm going to look and see what I've purchased and see what it's doing my spirit alive in you. I'm going to, I'm going to see the reward. I'm going to see the, 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 the benefit of what I've done in your life. You're going to be a witness to me. And trust me, if you can be a witness to God, you're going to be a witness to other people. They're going to see it. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So another reason this baptism of the spirit was so necessary is to make them a witness. Now look at On the day of Pentecost, the very day, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound of a rushing of uh, from heaven of, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all, notice, filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven because it was the Passover season, and certainly they're going to stay there for the Feast of Pentecost as well. They were there. The place was teeming. Jerusalem was teeming with hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people from every nation, Jews. So why did God give them the Spirit of God baptizing them to help them speak in languages that they haven't learned to minister to those people? (laughs) They were all amazed. They marveled and they said to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the ports of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking what? In our own tongues, in our own languages, what? The wonderful works of God. Peter didn't know any other language. The other disciples didn't know any other language. But on that day of Pentecost, God says, there's a whole bunch of people here I want to get this message to. So guess what? He falls upon them. And he gives them that ability. And all of a sudden, they're speaking in different languages to people. And what are they saying? The wonderful works of God telling them about Jesus. I would say that's pretty amazing. And so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Others mocking said, they're drunk, they're full of new wine. Notice that the purpose of the baptism was to empower, to share the gospel. They needed to hear this good news. And then Peter, verse 14, stands up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he gives them what we just read earlier. He points them to the scripture. He doesn't make something up. He doesn't point people to himself. He said, this is what was prophesied 800 years ago. It's happening right now. Wake up. <laughs> it's happening. And it shall come to pass, he says, and this is, but this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass. And we already read that scripture that God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And then from verse 22 through 26, Peter basically gives them a Bible study, tells them about Jesus and everything that happened in Jerusalem. And then finally, in the 37th verse of Acts 2, he says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They were completely blown out by what they saw. What shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized, water baptized, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, to all who are far off. That's you and I, by the way. Do you know that promise is for us? Today. That promise is for us as well. All the church. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. 
I would say that's a good word for today. Be saved from this perverse generation that we live in. Does anybody recognize that we live in a perverse generation? Our culture is completely given over to Satan. Completely filthy. Everything is filthy. Our music is filthy. Our magazines, even good magazines, are filthy. TV programming is filthy. Movies are filthy. Everything is filthy. And then those who gladly received his word notice. Peter baptized with the Spirit of God. He's got the attention. And notice, they gladly received his words, they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. Without the Holy Spirit, those words probably would have dropped on the ground. Have you ever given a speech somewhere, and you prepared for it, and everything was going well, and then until you started delivering it, and you realized, oh gosh, nothing's happening. It just falls flat on the ground. And then there are other times, and I've experienced this myself, where I'd be speaking, and I wasn't even aware of it, and all of a sudden, I just knew the Spirit of God came upon me, And it wasn't to glorify me. It wasn't to entertain me. It was to empower me for something I was going to share. All of a sudden, scriptures, I'm remembering scriptures. All of a sudden, there's like a lightning going through my body. Everybody felt that way when you shared the gospel with somebody? It's a wonderful feeling when the Spirit of God takes control and you get out of the way. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Right? So where else? So when the Spirit of God came upon Peter, he became like dynamite. It was like a bomb that just went off, and everybody's eyes are open, and it got their attention. And see, that's what the Spirit of God does. That's why we need the Spirit of God. We need the baptism of the Spirit of God. Now, maybe some of you have been baptized, but I want to say this. It's not just something that happens once. It happens many times over your life, and hopefully it happens every day. I know for me it doesn't happen every day, but I know there have been times where I've noticed it because... Beyond myself, God was doing something that I couldn't have orchestrated. I didn't even plan it. I can't plan it. I can't hit a button and make it happen. I have to be available and willing and ready at all times. That's why the Bible says, be, be, um, um, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready with the scripture in your heart. Pray when you wake up in the morning, Lord, is this the day? If you've got somebody that you want me to speak to today, Lord, arrange that meeting and empower me that the words I share are going to be life. But they're not just going to fall on the ground in front of me, six feet in front of me. They're going to plant great seed. And it's nothing I can do. I can't do it. Can you do it? Is there anybody here who can do it? I can't. We're dependent upon him, and what a great place to be. It removes all the pride in, the, in everything. It removes the self-centeredness. Now I become just a humble servant, which is a pretty good idea. It's a good idea to be humble. To be a humble servant of God's. Do we see elsewhere in the book of Acts this filling of the Spirit or this baptism of the Holy Spirit? Certainly we do. Remember that after the day of Pentecost, Peter and, um, Peter and John went to the temple and they saw a man who was lame from his mother's womb. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. Right In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man did. And everyone was all abuzz. And he began to, Peter and John began to share, and, and the religious leaders were getting really upset because nobody came to their Bible studies, except by force or obligation, but now they got the attention of all these people. 
And they're like, we got to stop this. This is horrible. (laughs) So they put him in prison. And notice in Acts chapter 4, It says, on being let go, they went to their own companions, notice, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. Notice, they're praising God, they're exalting God. They raised their voices with one accord, and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea. This is pure worship. And all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David had said, why do the nations rage, quoting from Psalm 2, why did the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stands, the rulers took their, uh, were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand had purposed beforehand to do. And then down in verse 31 it says, And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, after they exalted God and glorified him, the place where they were assembled became, together was, it was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, Peter among them. It happened once on the day of Pentecost. It happened again. All those people who were in the upper room, it happened again. They were filled with the Spirit of God. So it's not just something that happens once. It happens many times. I pray that it happens to us every day. And it's not something we need to be afraid of. You don't even need to worry about it. Just pray for it. Say, God, just empower me. Wherever you have me, just empower me. Free me from myself. Free me from my own pride. Free me from my self-consciousness that I can get out of myself and I can be thinking about somebody else other than me. Thinking about others, thinking about Jesus. The place they were shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. There's what we need. We need boldness. That's what we need today. So many are fearful about what people might think of me. You see the problem? It's about me again. I'm afraid of what people will think about me. What will my family think? What will my friends think? Hey, guess what? You're going to spend eternity with the king of kings. What, who, what matters what they think about you right now? What, who, who cares? Really? I mean, when you get to that place where you are selfless, and I'm not saying I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm on, my, on my way just like you. I don't want to be, I want to be selfless. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be thinking about who I am. I'm nobody. But in his hand, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that? I believe it. Notice in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, Peter, being in the house of Cornelius, the first Gentiles that were born again and that were baptized with the Spirit of God. What does it say say there? And Peter, was while he was still speaking to Cornelius and his household, These words, and you can read about it in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit, what fell? Baptized, again. The Spirit of God filling or falling or baptizing you in the Spirit. It's all the same thing. It's an empowerment. While he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they had heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.